the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So much for joining us. It's seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the seventh morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Really appreciate you being here. Coming up in about a half an hour, we're going to talk with Maria Espinosa, who is the founder of the Remembrance Project. Maria is of Mexican descent. She has uh, founded that uh, organization, the RemembranceProject.org, uh, to support and, um, and to recognize, uh, victims, family members, of Americans and legal residents who have been killed by illegal aliens in this country. She is, again, of Mexican descent, and as the national director, she has some very, very strong words in response to the president's State of the Union address now two nights ago, and uh, she wants that wall built, and I'm very much looking forward to hearing from Maria Espinosa. That'll be coming up after the bottom of this hour at about 9.35. Beyond that, around that, before that, in between that, uh, we are guest-free. Your phone call. Will fill the day at 216-9010945. That's 216-9010945 or 888-281-1110. Blackface, once again in the news. The state of Virginia in a state of chaos. The rest of the country watching very closely to see how all of this plays out. After all, we have been told by the American left that anyone putting any type of substance on their skin to darken it for the purposes of their own entertainment or parties or per, uh, uh, presentations or anything of that nature is an homage to the offensive blackface of the 1800s in which um, white entertainers would wear black makeup, making them look uh, clownish and using it to essentially uh, mock and offend black entertainers, dancing in goofy ways, uh, pronounced over, overly uh, pronounced uh, white mouths and lips, and so on and so forth. Um, and now we've got a problem on our hands. We've got a problem on our hands because Democrats have said anybody putting anything on their faces to make their skin look darker, uh, they are indeed paying tribute to the racist, stereotypes that were advanced during the minstrel shows of the 1800s. And this is what Democrats have primarily done. They ended Megyn Kelly's career over this. Megyn Kelly, of course, the former Fox News uh, uh, superstar who had a, a hit show in primetime, left to collect the billions, well, not billions, millions, uh, tens of millions of dollars each and every year. Uh, uh, from NBC, and then, of course, on her NBC show, which was struggling in its own right anyway, she talked about how she once thought, what's the problem with this? If you are wearing it not to mock an African-American or the African-American community at large, but if you are wearing it to pay tribute to, as in, I really like this person, I'm going to dress up as her or him because I am envious. I, I am I am not envious. That's that in, that implies jealousy. I, 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 I like, I respect, I, I want to be like you. Uh, how can that be such a mocking thing? And of course, 
Here came the leftist historians talking about how that is absolutely not possible for her to not understand that anybody who wears black on their face is being racist. Anyone who has darkened their skin in any way, shape, or form in order to, again, make a presentation or publicly uh, um, uh, display themselves in such a way is paying tribute to the minstrel shows that, of course, embarrassed and offended and mocked black people. So Megyn Kelly's career ended. Now fast forward to where we are today. Virginia is in a state of chaos because not only did Virginia Governor Ralph Northam uh, originally acknowledge and apologize for being one of two characters in a picture in his medical school yearbook on the Ralph Northam page, he said he acknowledged and apologized for either being the black-faced white person standing next to a KKK robe-clad, presumably another white person, or he was the KKK-clad person standing next to another white person in blackface. Either way, he apologized for it, said it in no way reflects who he is now. Then a day later, of course, said, um, upon further review, I don't think either one of those is me. That is, of course, simply impossible. Because one would remember putting on those clothes. One would remember putting a hood over one's head, a pointy hood uh, representing the Ku Klux Klan. One would remember putting brown or uh, brown or black shoe polish all over one's face, putting on a bow tie and a jacket and a fedora hat, and trying to look and and mock uh, the the you know Al Jolson style blackface that we are all talking about. It's impossible to say, well, I thought it was me, but uh, maybe I was confusing that for the time that I, uh, yeah, I did blacken my face to to, uh, to dress like Michael Jackson, you see? And it was a tribute. It was a tribute because I liked Michael Jackson, so um, I, my bad. I, I apologize for something that wasn't I got news for you, Governor. I got news for you. The black face character on your yearbook photo standing next to the Klansman in your yearbook photo um, did not look like Michael Jackson. That looked minstrel. That looked about as offensive as it gets. But having said that, first of all, that's not the end of the story in Virginia. We'll get to the rest of the or the the context of all that in a moment. But the rest of the story in Virginia, of course, is while so many have called for Ralph Northam to resign over that racist photo and his ham-handed first apology, then denial, et cetera, et cetera. They can't just force him to resign and hand the job to the lieutenant governor, Justin Fairfax, because Justin Fairfax is now facing allegations of sex assault. Let me say that again. Not sexual harassment, not sexual indiscretions, sexual assault. And this is not from 30 years ago or 40 years ago. The way the uh, liars came out of the woodwork to try to stop Brett Kavanaugh from uh, taking his spot uh, as a Supreme Court justice. This is literally just from a few years ago. It is much more recent. There is a much more credible accuser. However, having said that, I will not join the Democrat mob that tried to uh, metaphorically lynch Brett Kavanaugh because we did not know all of the facts in that case, and we do not know all of the facts in this case. I will not hashtag believe all women. I will not hashtag believe her, etc., because I don't know. Due process must take its course for Fairfax in the same way that it should have taken its course for Kavanaugh. It didn't. They prejudged him dirty, guilty, etc., 
And it was wrong. And if it was wrong, then it's wrong now. But this is a problem for Virginia Democrats. The governor in trouble. Now, many calling for Fairfax lieutenant government or governor who is in trouble to resign. And now we come up with part number three in this sordid little strange tale of Virginia Democrats behaving badly, if you will. The attorney general in Virginia, Mark Herring, now stepping forward and saying, oh, by the way, on the, all that blackface stuff, yeah, um, me too. Me too. Mark Herring said he once put on a wig in 1980 and dressed up as a black rapper as a University of Virginia student in 1980. He said he was 19. Friends suggested we dress, uh, go to a party dressed like rappers we listen to all the time, like Curtis Blow, who I like, by the way, uh, and perform a song. He said it sounds ridiculous even now writing it. He said, but because of our ignorance and glib attitudes and because we did not have an appreciation for the experiences and perspectives of others, we dressed up and put on wigs and brown makeup. So he's acknowledging his own blackface shame, stating probably very, very disingenuously that this has haunted me for decades. No, it hasn't, because for decades it wasn't a problem, because for decades... People had common sense and reason because for decades, people knew that dressing up like someone else to be like them is not mocking them the way the minstrel shows did. Blackface in 1980 did not mean the same thing that it now has in woke 2019. Blackface, when you are dressing as a character to look like them, to actually to 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 um, mimic them, not mock. There's a difference. Mimic meaning to try to represent just like them was a very different thing, and only now have we decided that this is unacceptable. And by the way, it wasn't just 2019 or uh, 1980 to 2019 either, because there have been many many examples of blackface slash black makeup to impersonate characters for various reasons, either on entertainment shows or at parties that have been greenlit with no problems whatsoever. Examples, you say. Okay. Late night talk show host Jimmy Kimmel is all over the Internet in blackface and wearing a Utah Jazz jersey because he was mimicking he was portraying Cara Malone in entertainment comedy segments for one of his former shows. No one has demanded that Jimmy Kimmel resign his position as host of uh, his uh, program on late night television. Jimmy Fallon, who hosts Johnny Carson's former show, The Tonight Show, Jay Leno's, uh, also appeared in blackface for the purpose of portraying a black person not portraying the minstrel shows. No one has called for his resignation. We can also take a look a little bit further back, and I I posted this earlier today. Do you remember when Billy Crystal, for the Oscars, dressed up in full black attire, hair, makeup, etc., as Sammy Davis Jr.? Billy Crystal parodied Sammy Davis Jr., full-on blackface, and then, of course, with the mannerisms and the voice and the delivery of Sammy J. Davis Jr., the famous Rat Packer. 
Billy Crystal was was in full-on black makeup. And guess what? No one had a problem with it. That was 25 years ago. But no one had a problem with it then, and even now in 2019, woke America, nobody is calling for Billy Crystal to apologize. No one is calling for Jimmy Fallon. Nobody is calling for Jimmy Kimmel. But they got rid of Megyn Kelly, who simply questioned, is this really such a terrible thing if you are dressing as a black person in order to honor that black person, to portray them? I'll give you more examples. During Black History Month, children, this is Black History Month, of course, children through the years have done performances, have given performances, they have they have uh, uh, performed plays showing some of the great contributions of black Americans to American history. I have seen one of them in which students dressed like the characters, including Harriet Tubman, civil rights activist, slavery uh, 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 abolitionist. Harriet Tubman ran the Underground Railroad. Children dressed as Harriet Tubman. I was just having a uh, texting conversation with a friend of mine, Khalid Namar, who is uh, one of the co-hosts of the Todd Allen Show that you hear on Sunday nights on uh, AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, Khalid texted me in reference to the Billy Crystal doing Sammy Davis uh, at the Oscars. Billy, uh, or excuse me, Khalid says, Billy did Sammy all the time on SNL, Saturday Night Live. It was one of my favorite skits. Khalid is black, by the way. And I said, I know he did. It was one of my favorites as well. And no one was ever offended at a white guy portraying a black guy. It was okay. And and so he's going to call me next hour, and I gave him a reply on my text with a thumbs up. And it's the traditional, typical yellow-skinned thumbs up that you see on the Apple iPhone emojis, right? We've all seen this. And I just said to Khalid, I said, I'm curious, if I do this instead, am I in trouble? And I change, because you can change the uh, skin choice there. I could make a peach-skinned, you know, Caucasian-looking thumbs up or a brown, black-skinned thumbs up. And I said, if I do this instead, am I in trouble? Because I sent the black skin emoji. Did I just commit black hand? <laughs> He's laughing and said, not with me. And I, So now I'm having a little fun with it. I'm looking at the other ones where the faces... Are, are various skin colored that you can send as emojis. Apple's in trouble. They've got, they've got some emojis on here that are really, really questionable. There's one of an artist where the black skin is like, not brown skin, it's like black. And I just said to, I just said to Khalid on text, as I sent him that, I said, dang, Apple, is that a black artist or is it a white guy in blackface? And it looks like a white guy in blackface. Khalid just said that. He's right. So is Apple going to remove all those emojis now so that nobody can, by way of text message, commit blackface crimes? Or, or are we going to acknowledge this is insane? This is over the top. This is not what we're, we're supposed to be doing here. If we want to protect, and we do, um, you know, the feelings of, 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 of black people in America by saying, yes, we recognize that the you know, minstrel shows in which blackface and Al jo- uh, Jolson and others were, were, were done that, that those things certainly should not be, 
should not be mimicked, should not be done today because of the offensive nature of them, that's one thing. But to say nobody can portray somebody of another race, especially if you're doing it in an honorable way, uh, it, we're, we're off the rails. I think we are just losing our sense of perspective here. Uh, Connie in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for calling, Connie. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. I was just wondering, um, what about the Wayan brothers who portrayed themselves as white, dumb, blonde? I don't know if I remember that sketch. Was that on? Was that on it, on their In Living Color show? It was a movie called White Chicks. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I didn't see that, and maybe I didn't even know about that. So hold on. So the Wayans brothers, who are black guys, they played white women. Yes, and they, okay. and they played this whole dumb, dumb blonde thing. Did not see it, didn't know about it, but my response would be, of yeah. course, that that's going to be okay because there isn't a history of white people being mocked in minstrel shows in such a way. So it's oh, it's going to be, you know, and I mean, publicly, that's how it would be portrayed. I remember, and I actually posted this yesterday on social media too, another Saturday Night Live sketch. Do you remember when, when um, uh, Samuel, you, you may remember this, uh, 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 Eddie Murphy dressing as a white guy? And do and and getting white makeup on, basically going from blackface to whiteface, and going out in New York and experiencing all of the white privilege that you get when you're not a black guy. Did you do you remember that one? I do remember that, sir. Hilarious. One of my Eddie Murphy is one of my favorite comedians ever, and it really makes me sad and sickened that he has not performed or made a movie in in like a decade or more that I'm aware of. Anyway. Um, I jokingly said on Facebook last night when I reposted a video, a YouTube video of that Eddie Murphy sketch as a white guy, I said, I hope hope Eddie Murphy never plans to run for office because what he did there is going to disqualify him from holding office. We need perspective here, and we're going to talk more about this. Also, Maria Espinosa joins us next, too, on AM 1420 The Answer. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. I'm not. M2. I'm not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. two sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer Nine thirty-five. Now the Bob France Authority continues on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. We are attempting to make contact with our guest Maria Espinosa, the uh, uh, national director of the Remembrance Project. Uh, that conversation coming up shortly. I hope. Uh, in between now and then, we'll take a phone call from Richard in Gates Mills on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hi, Richard. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Yes. Um, the most important things in the economy are jobs and economic growth. They. Um, dwarf everything else. And this is something that the current administration has succeeded beyond belief in. And I'm going to make a point that most Democrats, most Americans, uh, don't understand how the economy works. For example, we had a very, very successful uh, 305,000 jobs uh, created in January uh, of this year, right. this month. And... Um, how could this have happened when uh, unemployment rate is 3.9 or 4 
the lowest in 60 years, and that there's actually a, a unique condition of about 600,000 job openings that don't have anyone to fill them, another condition that has not happened probably ever before. Uh, and so um, where did those 305 jobs come from? Most people can't answer this question. Well, they came from a category of workers uh, who uh, are out of the workforce but also not looking. And this group of people uh, blossomed or, bo or ballooned during Obama's administration. But uh, now they are coming back to the economy in droves. Yeah, that's, so that's the workforce part. Yeah, that that's the workforce participation rate, which is uh, which is skyrocketing, as you correctly point out, uh, thanks to what, what we now know, because the jobs that are available now, and this is something else that a lot of people did not pay attention to when Barack Obama, you know, uh, uh, puffed his chest and preened about job creation during his years, uh, because the job yeah. numbers obviously did improve greatly, you know, coming out of the recession. Uh, nobody talked about what types of jobs. Nobody talked about the wages of those jobs. Nobody talked about the fact that many of those jobs created were part-time jobs. And so people knowing that they couldn't make a living on those stayed out of the workforce and they just collected unemployment benefits and they did not seek jobs. Once Trump came in, wages are rising. They are, these are not just lowly service sector jobs paying very minimal wages. They're not just part-time. They're full-time manufacturing jobs, construction jobs, these sorts of things and people are like yes i can get behind that and you're right they're coming out of the woodwork they're looking for jobs again and that's why these jobs are being created and the workforce participation rate is skyrocketing uh and richard i'm gonna i'm gonna cut you there because i gotta get to our guest but you make a very very good point we'll talk more about the economic growth in this country uh coming up that is something the president by the way rightly touted uh, as he uh, certainly should have uh, in the State of the Union address. Uh, and he also talked in the State of the Union address about immigration, obviously, not just about building his border wall, but in fact, the president shocked a lot of people and maybe even concerned a lot of people when he said, yeah, we want to cut down the number of illegal immigrants in this country, but I want to increase to the largest number ever legal immigrants to this country. We have a moral duty to create an immigration system that protects the lives and jobs of our citizens. This includes our obligation to the millions of immigrants living here today who followed the rules and respected our laws. Legal immigrants enrich our nation and strengthen our society. I want people to come into our country in the largest numbers ever, but they have to come in legally. That is a big uh, topic of discussion uh, among a lot of people who are very, very concerned about the uh, number of legal and illegal immigrants in this country. And joining us now to discuss that more, as promised, Maria Espinosa joins us. Maria is the National Director of the um, Remembrance Project online at theremembranceproject.org. This organization honors and remembers Americans and legal residents who have been killed by illegal aliens. Maria, good to have you back on our program in Cleveland. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. A little laryngitis, but uh, we'll get through it. Oh, yeah, I bet you're doing a lot of uh, interviews these days, huh? <laughs> a little overstress <laughs> on the vocal cords. <laughs> I, I, that's probably it, yes. Thank you. But, um, yeah, thank you for bringing that, um, that little statement out and letting the people know that, yes, we are concerned about that. But um, I tell you, I think that, first of all, we certainly 
have to be sure that we know who is here in our country. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, we're, we're, we're a long way from, from that, certainly. No, no question about it, Maria. Let me, let me. Uh, there's a couple of different avenues I want to discuss uh, the, uh, with you on this, uh, including legal immigration. But let me come back to that after I, I get your thoughts on what the president said on Tuesday night uh, to the American people about the illegal immigration scourge. He featured and highlighted what you do, uh, some of the uh, angel families um, who who have suffered uh, from from terrible loss, including having their loved ones murdered, uh, and families that are struggling in the aftermath of that, and they're murdered by people who had no business being here and if we had enacted and um, uh, you know the proper laws and actually protected our border these people would not have been here and these losses would not have taken place how did you feel listening to the president spotlight those stories knowing what you are doing is exactly that with the remembrance project um, uh, fantastic he, uh, president trump has never forgotten our angel moms dads and families um, you know so he has embraced us and as he did in 2015 um, and he also created the Office of Voice, the President's Office for Victims of Immigration Crime Engagement in response and as a promise to me and the Remembrance Project. So, you know, we applaud him, we support him, um, and he's really the only one, though, that has been doing this. Um, so or that really shined a bright light on this entire issue and speaking out. So, you know, we applaud him for that. And uh, he knows the families, Bob. You know, he met with them many times personally during the campaign and continues to bring them up and include them uh, whenever possible. And as you saw, you know, this body count continues. Um, and just like you said, this, uh, these peop- these innocent Americans who were horrifically many times murdered and killed uh, should still be here. That's a permanent separation of our American families. And yet the mainstream media ignores this terrible issue. And we call it, it's that it's a, an epidemic of killings of Americans all across the United States. Let me ask you about the racial aspect of this, Maria, because you are a person of Mexican descent. Um, and the critics of the president will say when he spots, spotlights these angel families, he's not really focusing on them as victims. He's focusing on the perpetrators who are these dangerous brown people, speaking of people of Latino or Hispanic origin. And this is why he focuses on angel families to show that these brown people are killers. And that's why we can't let them in. And this, of course, goes back to his, um, announcement of his candidacy back in 2015 when he talked about Mexicans, uh, Mexico sending uh, Mexican uh, criminals uh, across the border, whether they be cartel members, drug dealers, racists, etc. Some have said that's Trump's, um, uh, you know, dog whistling, saying that people who are of darker skin tone or people who speak Spanish are dangerous criminals and who are violent. How do you respond to that as a person of Mexican descent? Well, um, my father came here the right way, and uh, we have laws, and they need to be followed. Um, my brothers and sisters and I all feel the same way. Um, and plus, um, breaking laws and entering illegally, illegal immigration, is not a race. And there are people from all over the world who come here and are not from a Spanish-speaking country. So that's you know pretty simple, but again... We take a look at the political correctness that has uh, basically rendered good people voiceless and uh, calling names has worked 
for the far left socialist agenda. And you're talking to a former Democrat as well. But all along all these years, you know, mom and dad were big supporters of John F. Kennedy. The Democrat Party is not the same. And, you know, every one of my family members I know has um, switched over. And we're not happy with the Republican Party either. Because you have these Republicans who block President Trump in giving the funding and allocating those funds to build our wall, which was promised in the 1980s. And again, 2006, it should have been um, all completed, and it was not. Uh, and it was inadequate in some places. So, you know, this is not a, uh, a racist uh, comment or wanting to enforce laws, but that's what the far-left socialists and communists want. They want to, for us good Americans, to stand down while do, they do their dirty work and making this country a lawless country and erasing our borders, which, again, erases our unique U.S. Constitution. Maria Espinosa is our guest. She is the National Director of the Remembrance Project online at uh, theremembranceproject.org. You need to check that out. Uh, Maria, let's talk about the legal immigration part now that I played that clip from at the beginning. The president, of course, and, and by the way, it should be noted, um, the victims of illegal immigrant violent criminals are almost, and not exclusively, but an overwhelming number of them are legal immigrants of the same uh, uh, ethnicity. Uh, in other words, illegal immigrants aren't just coming over here and looking for and killing white people or or black people or whatever. They're, they are predominantly staying within their own communities, and the people they victimize are other immigrants of the same ethnicity. Having said all of that, the president called for a huge increase in the number of legal immigrants coming into this country, uh, saying we want them and we need them because we need them for jobs. Uh, how, do you agree with that, Maria? And the reason I ask it is with this backdrop, the president, when he was a candidate, actually said the exact opposite, that said, look, we also need to put a cap on the number of legal immigrants who come here because when we have an overwhelming number of, of immigrants coming into this country to work, it is depressing the wages for uh, already existing legal immigrants and American citizens because they're coming in here and competing for those jobs and driving the uh, the wages down. So how did you feel when you heard the president say, I want the largest number ever of legal immigrants to come into this country? Right. Um, um, I uh, certainly have to go back to my first comment, which was um, we have to find out who's here first. You know, mm-hmm. And first of all, there are millions of Americans who are still looking for jobs. We certainly don't need to be filling those positions with people from other countries. We have our own Americans here. So again, America first policies is what President Donald Trump has championed and has, is working toward. I just encourage him to continue working on that those policies. Place Americans first. Uh, do what's best for this country first and foremost. Look, Bob, we're the only beacon of hope, of freedom and liberties, really, that is the strongest in the entire world. If we go down and open our borders to lawlessness and accept lawlessness, this fundamentally changes and undermines for any law to be obeyed. And I'll make one more little um, um, related comment in that. Let's think, uh, think about this. There are corporations and people, and we have to look at ourselves as well, and making sure that we hire people who are legally authorized to be here in the United States. 
Um, and I know it's difficult at some times because there are certain jobs that Americans have been pushed out over decades. Companies have gone out of the business when they're maybe in certain construction industry, and now that's been filled mainly by illegal aliens. Now, I'm going to talk about the larger corporations, and they hire illegal aliens like the home builders, the restaurant, hotel industries as well in some states. And um, should we give another amnesty, and those illegal aliens will now be um, legal citizens, legal residents, and guess what? That corporation that um, insists on the low wage, paying people under the table at a lower wage, they're going to go out and find that next wave of illegal alien to hire because they're not going to want to pay that what they should be paying Americans and what they have to pay now, the amnestied legal, uh, previously illegal aliens. So this is a, a, a vicious circle if we don't enforce our laws and punish those who break our laws. Can we solve this, Maria? Through, can, can we solve this through E-Verify? We can solve this by mandating E-Verify if it goes all the way and includes the contractor, the I-9, uh, the I-9ers, the subs, you know, because they're legally not uh, considered employees. So that's why these corporations go out and hire contractors. They're not employees, but they get paid through their subs. That's how we can solve it. That's a, that's a very important point, and I'm glad to hear you say that. And let me ask you one last question before you go. Marie Espinosa, the National Director of the uh, Remembrance Project, on the Remembrance Project uh, website right now, um, the headline is, uh, Tell President Trump No DACA, No Deals. Can you give me uh, just a thumbnail sketch of your opinion on that? Because it seems that as though the president is willing, in order to get the wall built or the barriers built, he is willing to at least defer for three more years of protection any action on the DACA recipients. Um, you are opposed to that? The Remembrance Project as an organization is opposed to that? Can you tell me why? Right. Again, if we ignore our laws, then which laws are we going to uphold and can we uphold? I'm opposed to that. Absolutely. We've given seven amnesties in the past, Bob. We cannot give in anymore. Enough's enough. This, I mean, one stolen life, like he said, is one stolen life too many, which means one life of an innocent American stolen by someone who should not be here is one life stolen too many. And many of these DACA recipients are 38 years old. Uh, all the way up to 38 years old. I, I take back the many because they're all staggered different right, ages. Sure, right, sure. Uh, and, again, um, they've had plenty of time to get right with our country, but they haven't. And DACA recipients, let's say put this way, DACA age recipients are the highest category of, of joining MS-13 gangs. And they're the most vicious. Look, they, they beat to death uh, Lisa Mickens and... Um, um, uh, uh, Miss Cuevas and her, they beat him with a bat and macheted them back over 10 years ago. <clears throat> these type of MS-13 gang members macheted and raped um, some youngsters in New Jersey and it's a shame because now Senator, U.S. Senator Cory Booker 
ran on cleaning up Newark, Newark, New Jersey. And here he is as a senator, and and New Jersey basically is entirely a, a sanctuary state. So these these politicians don't care about what happened to Americans. They place on illegal aliens first. Yeah, and they now he and now, with non citizens. And now he wants to be president of the United States. Uh, but that's uh, exactly yeah. That's a conversation for another day. Maria Espinosa, though, thank you so much for your clarity of your positions. I hope you feel better soon and you get that voice back. Uh, I always enjoy listening to you when I see you on television. Uh, thank you for coming on with us and uh, sharing the message. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. God bless you. God bless you as well. Thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, it's 9.53. Let's uh, get out, check our traffic, and come back in and get a call or two before the top of the hour on AM 1420, The Answer. Get it done. All right, 957 out of Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420. The answer. I got time to squeeze in a phone call here before the top of the hour from Jerry, who is in Brexville. Jerry, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go, go right ahead. Bob, you know, one thing that upset me at the speech was having to watch Pelosi behind President Trump. I just, that upset me terribly. I have to watch how unprofessional she is. And all those women in white. And one other thing, I watched Tammy Bruce the other day. She was on one of the conservative uh, programs on TV. Yeah. And she said the 2020 election, people would be surprised how many people are not speaking up will vote for Trump. They're, they're, they're behind Trump all the way. I completely agree with her. I completely agree because, it, I mean, you saw what happened to those kids in Washington because they were wearing Trump hats, MAGA hats, what's happening to them. People don't want to be demonized. They don't want to be bullied. They don't want to be attacked. So exactly. they're going to, they're going to carry their, their support for the president quietly. Uh, they're not going to advertise it. And then come uh, election day in 2020, uh, a lot of people are going to be shocked by how many people vote for him again. Then Tucker Carlson had a lady that came in the right way, an immigrant come in the right way last night on his program, and it took her years to do it right, but she said she wanted to do it right. She didn't want to go to one of those sieves along the fence that come in that way. She is happy she did it right, and she's really proud to be an American. But And another thing, you mentioned something yesterday that the everybody thinks Republicans are anti-racial or racial and i just want to name some very good people that the republicans have on their committees and on their program west kane carson rice webb diamond and silk uh and there's two other people one black lady and one uh black guy that's on there very very good and don't forget charles Payne. i mean we we are very we're conservatives are very very Good among all people. Yeah, and we're very, and it's a very diverse. Conservatives are very diverse. Exactly. It's just that it, it, you know. I'm going to tell you the truth here. It's really similar to your first comment, you know, that a lot of people uh, are going to vote for Trump who aren't going to advertise it because they don't like being bullied and so on and so forth. And the same thing is true of black conservatives. There are a lot of black right. people who believe in conservative principles and ideology and the president who don't want to be called the names and be attacked by, uh, by, by black liberals, uh, you know, as being called Uncle Toms and sellouts and so on and so forth. So they carry their support quietly, but they're there. There's no doubt about and it. Jerry, I, one more thing. Just yeah, one more real, real thing, quick. Bob. I don't understand what Trump plans to do about this border wall. I didn't get that clear. What the hell? I know 
if P doesn't do it by, what, February 15th, uh, Nancy Pelosi is going to go up to her ranch and pick grapes with all our illegal immigrant employees. <laughs> but he really didn't come out and say what, what what's going to happen there? He's got to get rid of DACA, as you said before, and asylum. Well, there's okay, a reason. There's a know. reason why he didn't say, Jerry. He didn't say on Tuesday night that he's going to declare an emergency if we don't get this thing passed by the fifteenth. Because as soon as he says that's what I'm going to do, they file the court challenge, and he doesn't want them to file the court challenge yet. So uh, he's 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 waiting until the strategic time to make that announcement. Thanks for the call. Hour number two. I want to get back to the blackface discussion. In not just in Virginia, but across this country as it relates to the sociology of this country uh, when we continue on AM 1420. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.